So we are in a series called Relation Slips, and you are in part two today. Last week we talked about uh, an area that we can all get slipped up in in relationships, and that is in the area of trust. Talked about what happens when people break your trust, what happens when you break people's trust, and how do you regain that, how do you rebuild that. How many of that was helpful for you last week? Was it helpful for you last week? I hope it was. If you haven't had a chance to uh, go and watch that or listen to that, go to our, our app um, or on our website, and you can check that out. Today we're in part two, and so we're talking about these areas that we slip up in, and today is a doozy. It's one that we all can trip up in. You probably tripped up in it this week at some point, if not maybe even today on your way to church. And that is today we are talking about conflict. And the title of today's message is No More Drama. Come on, look at somebody next to you. Tell them, no more drama. Come on, tell them. Yeah, no more drama. Okay, look at no more drama. Drama is getting an eviction notice today. No more drama. Who wants no more drama in your life? Okay, all right. So now notice I didn't say no more conflict. We would love that one. I'd love to serve that peel. I would be a rich man if I could serve up no conflict. Conflict is inevitable and it's in every area of your life. So if you got some notes, I want you just to jot that first thing down right there. Conflict is inevitable and it's in every area of your life. Come on, how many agree? It's in every area of your life. You cannot get away from conflict. It's everywhere. Divorce, conflict. Custody battles, conflict. Child support, conflict. Parenting, conflict. You got kids, conflict. I mean, it's everywhere. Kids having conflict with parents. Parents having conflict with kids. Come on, how many you know? Funerals can be a place of Y'all ain't been to some of the funerals I've done. Come on. It's conflict. Who's going to be burying them? When are we burying them? Where are we burying them? How is this going on? Crazy uncle showed up to the funeral, brings all of his stuff. Come on, let me know. Family reunions. Conflict. Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner. Conflict. Yeah, you know, your aunt comes, brings her casserole and all her issues to the table. Come on, somebody. You know this is true. Your grandpa had way too much spiked eggnog, and now he is now going off on everybody about his political views. Conflict. I mean, no weddings can be conflict. Drama mamas, all right? When are we getting married? Where are we getting married? Are we doing a home wedding? Are we doing a church wedding? Who is marrying us? Is it justice of the peace or the pastor? Do, does your parents get a say-so if they ain't putting any money up for the wedding? Come on, somebody. Conflict. It's everywhere. Churches. I know there's no conflict in churches. That, that's, that's the only place you can't find it. Yeah, right. You're in my seat. All right. That's my parking spot. Oh, he told me something I didn't like. They didn't play the songs I like. Conflict. Everywhere you go, there is conflict, whether it's at home. Come on, how many of you know? Workplace. Oh, let's not even begin there. Conflict. Crazy coworkers. Driven boss. Conflict is everywhere, and you cannot get away from it. And unfortunately, culture has tried to teach us some ideas on how to resolve conflict, but most of those just don't work. And so today, I'm not going to teach you cultural principles. I'm going to teach you kingdom principles. And I mean, you know, kingdom trumps culture every day. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how many know we've got to get a handle on this? And if there's any area the enemy wants to destroy, it's relationships. And he's going after them. He's going after them with a vengeance. He's trying to destroy your marriage. He's trying to destroy your kids. He's trying to destroy your business, your school. I mean, there's just conflict everywhere. And we need to know how to handle it right God's way. And, uh, and so today, I, I, I want to I start today, though, with two ways that we handle it the wrong way. I want us to begin there because we've got to first discover how are we doing this the wrong way and then how do we repair it and how we do it the right way. So if you've got some notes, I want you to just write this down. The first, first wrong way when it comes to conflict is we avoid it. We avoid it. We, we think that if we just ignore it, that eventually it's just going to go away. But how many know conflict that's not... That's not dealt with. How I many know oh, it doesn't go away? It'll get stuffed. It'll get put underneath the carpet. And then everybody will just try to walk over the carpet. But eventually, how I many know oh, it comes back out? At some point, it comes back out. And there are issues in our relationships that are places of conflict that we don't want to address because we know it's going to be hard. And so we just choose to avoid it. Whether that's stress, money, in-laws, outlaws, trust, relationships, work, commitments. There's areas in our relationships that are real issues, and instead of dealing with it, we choose to avoid it. But that never works. This is actually what Scripture says. Let me show you what Scripture says here. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 9, blessed are the, what's this word? Peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, I want you to notice something here. It does not say blessed are the peacekeepers. Blessed are the peace lovers. It says, blessed are the peace makers. This is what it is. We are making peace. So I just wrote this down. If I'm always swallowing my anger, my stomach will keep score. And so what I mean by that is we're good, all tied up in knots. We got ulcers. We got issues. And if I continually let stress and conflict in my life, it's often there because it's not dealt with. So you need to deal with it. Come on, look at somebody and say, deal with it. We're going to deal with it. We got to deal with it. So we avoid it. Number two, <laughs> we go to the, here we go. We're going to swing over to the other side and we attack. So we go from avoiders to attackers. You got that clerk that's a jerk at Piggly Wiggly and you are going to let them know. <laughs> You're going to let them know. And, and we just feel this obligation to let people know that they have made us upset, and we go on the attack side. You, you just, come on, how many in here? It just feels good to let people know what you think. Come on, somebody. I know y'all aren't that godly. Okay, so listen, I've seen your Facebook. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, y'all don't think I see that stuff, right? I friend request y'all because I want to pastor you well. Keep track on it. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. You know, that's, I'm screaming at the screen, screaming at you. And stop that. You're the fool. Okay, so, but we do that. We attack. You hurt me. I hurt you. You say something about me. I say something about you. And you're like, think, you know, you just get into these moments where people just, they get underneath your skin and you're like, you better be glad I'm saved. Yeah. And I go to our Savior's church because it would not be good. And we attack and we, we say things and we do things. And, and yet again, remember, kingdom here, so cultural is an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But kingdom, God's word says something totally different. This is what God's word says. Watch, watch what God's word says in 1 Peter 3, 9. Don't repay. Well, let's say that one again. Don't repay, repay evil for evil. Don't repay. 
Retaliate. Y'all need to circle those, highlight those. Don't repay. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back. You're like, oh yeah, I am about to pay them back. You're about to see, watch. Knuckle sandwich. And so uh, pay them back, watch though, with a? With a blessing. Watch, when we pay them back with a blessing, that is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessings. I love, I love, I love what William Urey said. He says this, when, you, when angry, you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. Amen. Come on, isn't that the truth? How many of you got some speeches you wish you could take back? Anybody in here? We made some, t- and listen, nowadays you got to be careful even more, especially if you're on the attack, because everybody's got a phone now. So everything can be captured at any moment. Any of y'all see no YouTube videos of those people go off and them like McDonald's workers? And you're like, what the heck? She's like, I want a cheese! <laughs> and then like pulling hair and just doing crazy things. And some, somebody's filming what's going on. And I think about that oftentimes when I'm out in public. I'm not a big attacker. I don't, you know, I'm not aggressive in things. But I, I do think about that, that I have to watch what I say. Because at any time people, you know, people would just love to see pastor, uh, you know, hurts Walmart worker because of the can of beans. You know, I know something is going on. They would just, how many know if, if I just went off in the middle of Walmart, how many know that's going on YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, Jennings Daily News? It's going everywhere, okay? And so we got to be careful what we say. And let me, let me put it this way. Never, this will help you, never text anything. Let, let, me, let me make sure I, I, I say it how I wrote it. Don't send anything via text you don't want the world to see. Don't send anything via text you don't want the world to see. Because nowadays you can screen capture, you can take things, people can take things out of context. And, and, and here's why you got to be careful in conflict to be on the attack and using text messages or Facebook messages or whatever other social media devices of trying to communicate your aggression to other people. The reason why it's impossible and you should not do it via text is because texts don't have tone. I mean, no, with text, you can read it however you want to read it. And, and you have in your mind what you think they're saying it and how they're saying it. And then you go and you actually, if you've ever met those people in person and, they, and then you said, man, why did you say that? And they're like, I didn't mean it like that. But I mean, no, text doesn't have tone. And when it comes to conflict, one of the things that you should do, I'm just telling you, I'm trying to help you here. When it comes to conflict is, is when you're in the, in the heat of conflict, don't text, pick up the phone. Call. Conversation. Don't do a text, do a conversation. Don't, even better, face to face. Because there's something about, let, let me put it this way, 80% of communication is nonverbal. It's looking at someone in the face, looking at their mannerisms, looking at how they're smiling or not smiling or how they're going. And so when it comes to conflict with one another, we want to make sure that we're not avoiding it. We're going to deal with it. But we're also not going to go to the other side. We're going to be attacking. We're going to attack the other person. We want to deal with the problems. So, okay, so we're in the middle. So what do we do? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you here, conflict is inevitable, but drama is optional. How many say no more drama? So I, I, I can't promise no more conflict, but I can promise that we can get drama out of your life. And it's, we've, we've got to apply God's word, kingdom principles to making sure that we fight right. There's a wrong way to fight. There's a right way to fight. We want to make sure that we're fighting right. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, we've got to take the initiative quickly. We've got to take the initiative quickly. How many know conflict never resolves itself accidentally? 
Conflict always is resolved intentionally. That means I've got to go and I've got to resolve it as quickly as I possibly can. Well, where do you see that? Scripture, Matthew chapter 5. Here we go. This is what God's word says. If you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple. Okay, so let me just break this down in modern language. If you come in here to church, you come in here to church, you're going to worship, you're going to give to the Lord, you serve on the dream team. You're showing up at church and you suddenly remember, ah, that someone's got something against you or you have something against someone else. Watch. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This is what he's actually saying. He's saying, if you come to church, you show up at church, and you know that there is something that is between you and your spouse, or you and somebody else, and you come to church, and you're going to lift up that, oh, you know, chains, fool, and then God reminds you, hey, you got a chain, it's at home, she don't like you right now. <laughs> this is what he says, leave church, go home, and fix it. Amen. Now, I know most of us don't do that, but this is actually what he's telling us because he, he wants you to see the urgency in this. That you don't delay. As soon as it comes, in, oh man, I got, man, there's something that's going on here. I gotta, I gotta get this dealt with quickly. I need, to, I need to quickly initiate this thing. And so I wrote this down. When I'm in conflict with people, I can't be in harmony with God. Some people want to come to church and act like everything's okay, but your home's a wreck. Everybody's in conflict or at your job or your best friends. And, you know, some of y'all are sitting on the right side because the other person's sitting on the left side. And, you know, people do that. And it's sad. And they think that somehow they can connect with God and him know all that stuff. And God's going, no, 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 no. You deal with each other. You get that resolved. And then you come talk to me. The, the, the Bible would even take it another step further for husbands in the house. All the husbands in here. First Peter would even take it another step further and say that if you have an issue with your wife and you don't resolve it with your wife, that God won't answer your prayers. Oh, yikes. So it says you need to, you need to get that resolved so that you can come before the Lord. And, I, and I notice this. This is huge, though, I, and I made sure we put it in yellow. Notice who it says to go to. Who? Say it one more time. Y'all know where I'm going? Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going. Because cultural is when I got an issue with you, I actually don't go to you. I go to all my friends and talk about you. Uh -huh. So I don't go to that person. I, I, I don't talk to you. I talk about you. And so scriptural kingdom says if you got an issue with someone, you got an issue with your spouse, you got an issue with somebody, go and be reconciled to that person. Go talk to that person. Not those people. Talk to that person. And I'm going to tell you right now, just that alone. If you would just start doing step one, and we haven't even gotten into the rest of them, just that one, and go, you know what, I'm going to take the initiative. It's always your move. It's always your move. Don't delay. Do it today. Get it. Do it. You think, right now, as I'm talking about this, some of you have people in your head right now, and you might have a list. Hey, man, I've got a long week ahead of me. <laughs> Maybe so. But that could be why your relationship with God is floundering right now is because you haven't dealt with that. Because how many of you know our relationship with God, one of the greatest indicators that you have a great relationship with God is it's fleshed out in your relationships. You got great relationships. And so I know, and I, know I hear the pushback on that. Well, what, what if I can't talk to them? What if they don't want to talk to me? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's, talk, let's go to number two. So we're going to take initiative quickly. If I got an issue with you, I'm not talking to somebody else about it. I'm coming to you. 
What would it look like if us as a church, someone in the church hurts you, somebody does something, you're not going to talk to everybody else about it, you're going to talk to the person about it. Let's talk about it. Y'all know how that's how division starts in organizations and churches and families. Everybody, anybody got family members where all the family members talk about that one family member, but nobody wants to talk about to that family member about what's actually going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We know what that's like. And by the way, if people talk about you to, uh, to you, they'll talk about you to other people. Just want to let you know. If people talk to you about other people, they'll talk about you to other people. So watch out for those people. All right, number two, fix the problem, not the blame. Fix the problem, not the blame. Watch what James chapter four says. This is, this is Jesus' brother. How many of you know it had to be hard being Jesus' brother? Come on, let's just be honest in here. It had to be hard being Jesus' brother. You know, James would be like, <coughs> Mom, I'm sick. And Jesus would be like, you be healed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dang it. You know, going to those swim parties, you know, with all your friends and your brother's over there walking on water. You're like, seriously, come on now. God, it had to be hard being the brother of Jesus. It had to be. And so, and so he talks about fighting. What causes fights and quarrels among you? What is it? What's causing you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within within you. So he says, hey, what, what's causing fights and quarrels among you? Now, I know immediately as I say that, what causes quarrels and fights among you? If we were just to put that, present that question in here and let's go, okay, let's talk about it. How many know we'd start having some fights and quarrels among us? You know why? Because we'd immediately start going into the blame game. You know how the blame game works, right? If he would do this, if she would do this, if he would stop spending this, if he, she'd stop going there, if he would do that, then we'd have, if everybody would just listen to what I have to say and do what I want them to do, we'd be okay. Right? If everything just revolved around me, we'd be all right. But what's ended up happening is, is we have issues because this scripture says, it says, what causes quarrels and fights among you, you desire, <clears throat> uh, you, you, don't they come from your desires that battle within within you, that maybe the problem's not with them, maybe the problem's with, yeah, we don't even want to talk about that. So oftentimes in some marriage counselings, uh, I'll do this, you know, you got two people that are sitting there, and I mean, oftentimes in marriage counseling, it's like, what's going on, what's the problems? So one starts, if she, listen, I'm, pastor, listen, I'm, I'm not lying, I'm telling you the truth right now, she is just, she doesn't know, she just doesn't know. She, she spends and spends, I tell her not to, she doesn't love me, I mean, I'm just, What's, and, then, and then you ask her, what's going on? He's never home. He always works. He's never around us. He doesn't care about us. He does, you know? And so you're like, pause, time out, time out, time out. So then I do this. All right, let me show you something. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm draw a circle here. So I'll put a circle on a, on a piece of paper. I say, okay. Now go to each one. You tell me how much you cut off a slice. How much of this issue is your issue? How much, how, of all the conflict that you got going on in your marriage, how much of it is your fault? And this is what they'll do. <laughs> right? If she would do this, and he would do that, and he would do this, and he would, you know, the other, other spouse has like 98% of the issues, and they, they've got like a, a sliver of it. Just a little sliver. What would it be like, just, just maybe, that in the heat of conflict, I want you to think about this. What if in the heat of moment of the conflict, we just realize that maybe I'm putting more blame than deserves to be. I'm not saying that it's all yours either. But I'm also saying it's probably not all of them. 
We've probably got some things that we've got to process through, and we might need to take off a little bit more of the pie than we do. Watch, watch what he goes on and he says. Watch this. Watch. He goes on and he says this. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Meaning that you've, even, you've gotten to a place that you're not getting what you want, that you're willing to kill the relationship because you're not getting what you want. You covet because, here it is, here's a big one, because you can't get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. All right, you ready? Here's the biggie. We're going to spend a little bit more time on this one. I think almost every conflict boils down to this one point. You're not getting what you want. Now, I know, I, y'all are looking at me with disdain. You don't know, Pastor Josh. Yes, I do. Think about, okay, think about the conflict you've had this week. Was it at all centered around the fact that you're upset because you didn't get what you wanted? And oftentimes in our lives, what ends up happening is we get angry. Here's when we get angry. We get angry when the things that we love are in danger. So watch how this plays out. Your kids are in the street. A car flies by. Are you mad? Yes. You're mad at two people. You're one mad at the car. Slow down. I mean, saying things. Stop. You're mad because... What you love is in the street. And then you're secondly mad because you had warned your kids to not get in that street. And you're like, you see that flattened squirrel? That could be you, you know? <laughs> so you're spanking your kids on the way home. Get out, get out of the street. Why? You're, you're upset because you love them. And so I just started writing down a number of things of why maybe there's conflict in your life. And here, this, this might be able to help you. I just think we love ourselves more than we give credit to. You ready? Pick your toes up. Here we go. When dogs are barking, we're upset because I love my sleep. Day off gets canceled, I'm upset because I love my time. I feel like I can't handle things. I'm, I'm upset and there's conflict because I love my control. My phone won't work. I love my convenience. Someone criticizes me. I love my reputation. Kids are fighting. It's really honestly because we love our peace and quiet. Someone is mad at me. It's because I love people's approval. Someone disagrees with me. It's because I love my opinion. So this happened yesterday. So I'm going to give you a real-life example that happened yesterday. So Lindsay went to a, a training in Lake Charles with some, some women at our box to go train. And uh, I did the herd that morning, and then I came home, and uh, Lindsay's mom was home uh, with us as well, and we're watching the boys and all that. And I, I knew I had some stuff I had to get done. I was finishing up my message. There was just different things that were going on. So I get a text from Lindsay. It says, I'm almost, uh, I'm, I'm about to leave. Getting a smoothie, I'm about to leave. And I'm thinking, great, awesome. She'll be here. So I told her mom, hey, she'll be here in about five minutes or so. She, she should be here. Well, five minutes pass, 10 minutes pass, 15 minutes pass, 30 minutes pass. I'm going, what the heck is going on? So I get on the phone with her. I'm like, where are you? Like, where? Like, you're supposed to be here. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm just, I just left. I'm about to go to Walmart. And I'm like, wait, you said you were like about to be home. She's like, I was just leaving Lake Charles. I'm like, what? 
I thought you were going to be home. And she's like, why are you upset? What's going on? And I'm like, I just thought you were going to be home. I need you home. Here's why I was upset. Because I just didn't want to deal with the boys anymore. I, 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 just, I, I had my list of things that I needed to get done. And I needed her to get home so I could go start doing those. And when that didn't happen, I got upset. And I was like, oh my God, okay, all right. So we kind of worked through that a little bit of where that was. And, and, and I had to own that, that really, here, here's, let me help you out here. Next time you're, you're in a conflict, whether it's with a boss, coworker, spouse, friend, I want you to say this thing. In the middle of it, in the middle of it, you can be in the middle of it, I want you to say, pause, pause, pause. I need to say something. And here's what you're going to say. You know what the problem is here? I'm not getting what I want. Yeah, let's practice that. Let's practice that a little bit, okay? Let's practice that. Well, we can even use hand motions too. You can use hand motions. Ready? Y'all, y'all practice with me. You know what the problem is here? I'm not. Yeah, that wasn't good enough. Okay, y'all got We got it. We're gonna... Come on, give us some sass, all right? Like, like you really in a real fight, like you were this morning before you came to church. That one. That's what I'm talking about. Ready? Here we go. You know what the problem is here? I'm not getting what I want. Does it feel therapeutic yet? Y'all getting there? Is this not the truth, though? We don't want to admit it. I mean, I know. We want to pass blame. We want to say that my attitude is because of this. But oftentimes, even our attitude, we feel like we can justify it because if you wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't have done this. But it, it really boils down to, you know what the problem is here? I'm just not getting what I want. And most marriages that end in divorce, it's because it's two immature people that don't want to get what they want and are not willing to change to give the other person what they want. So they're like, I'm not getting what I want. I'm out. And so we've got to come to a place where we just own this. Like maybe part of the conflict is I'm overbearing. Maybe the part of the conflict is I put expectations on this person that they can't even meet. Maybe it's that I'm just, we've got to just figure out, God, what is it that, that I'm doing? Can you imagine what our relationships would be like if we just owned this? Can you imagine what that fight would be like in the middle of that fight? If you said, you know what the problem is here? You're not getting, no, 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 well, I'm not getting what I want. You know what would happen? The temperature level of that conflict would do this. You know why? Because now it's not this, 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 this. It's this, 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 this. And James says, you know what, you know what, uh, what, what fights and quarrels are? is you desire, but you don't get. You covet, but you don't get what you want. So you kill, you covet, you do everything you can to try to get it. And I know I hear pushback. Well, you don't know. It, it is them. It's none of it's me. And sometimes that is the case. But the majority of the time, it's the fact that we want to push the blame off on them and justify our bad behavior because if they wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't have done that. We just need to own it. Come on, church. Somebody preach with me here. We need to own this. You ain't talking to me. All right? 
So I just wrote this question down. Who is suffering because you're not getting what you want? Who's suffering because you're not getting what you want? Let's talk about number three. Number three is listen for the hurt. Listen for the hurt. So in the midst of conflict, we wanna, you know, we wanna initiate it quickly. We wanna take the blame and not just play the blame game. We wanna focus on that problem and not the blame. But then we need to listen for the hurt. Because the truth is, in the middle of conflict, someone's hurting. And if they're hurting you, it's because usually they're hurting. And so what if we just stopped for a moment and said, what's going on here? Some, something's not right. Who's hurting? What's hurting? This is what James, James goes on. James gives us some more principles. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to, slow to, slow to. Okay, so here's culture. You ready? Culture is quick to get angry. Quick to speak, slow to listen, right? So Jesus flips it. He flips it. He says, you know what? Here, here's actually kingdom. Let's flip it. What's kingdom is, before you want to give your opinion, before you want to justify why you're right, before you want to do all that you do, why don't you just be first quick to just... L because when you're listening, you're learning. And when you're talking, you're controlling. So when I'm listening... I'm in a posture of learning. Tell me your perspective. Tell me your experience. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what's going on. I'm seeking to understand and trying to be understood what's happening here. And how many know when we're upset, we're in conflict, we're slow to listen and we're very quick to speak. And we're very quick to get angry. And so, man, this is, how many know this is, this is easy to read, easy to preach, hard to live? <laughs> and we can look through all of this in our own lives we, we want to do that. Number four, speak the truth in love. Yes. Proverbs 27, five through six says, it is better to be corrected openly if it stems from hidden love. Now watch this. You can trust a friend. You want to, you want to know how you build trust? We talked about this last week. Here's a trustworthy friend. Ready? Is one who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemies pretend flattery comes from insincerity. This is, this is what he's saying, that truth without love is resisted, but truth wrapped in love is often received. Well, I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah, but you as mean as heck, too. I would do that with Lindsay all the time. I'm telling you the truth. She's like, but you don't have to say it that way. What other way do you want me to say it? It's the truth. But it's not in love. It's truth, but it's not in love. And how many know you need, you need to, it's like a burrito. You need to wrap it. You know, you need to have some, I'm already thinking about food already. It's only 1030. So you need, you need to deliver the truth, but you've got to wrap it in love. That's how we receive it. So it's grace, not gossip, love, not lecture, help, not judge. Love should guide not only what we do, but how we do it. This is how we do it. We want, we want to do it in a way that we speak truth in love. And so one of the things about this is a, a trustworthy friend is one who wounds you with his honesty. Now, I want you to listen to me very closely because we all have a lot of relationships in our lives and you're wondering if the relationships in your, in your life are good or not. I'm going to tell you how you know if you've got a good relationship in your life. If you have a friend who has never corrected you, you don't have a good friend. I'll say that again. 
If you have a friend in your life that has never corrected you, you don't have a good friend. Because according to this, a trusted good friend is one who wounds you, but wounds you with honesty because he wants to help you. He stabs you in the front, not in the back. Come on, somebody. I mean, you want some people that will say, hey, I know you probably don't want to hear this, but man, I want to help you with this. This, this will help. This will help. And, and we're often rejecting to it because we think correction is rejection. But if it comes from someone who's loving, how many know correction is direction? How many in here are thankful for the people who have been honest with you and told you some stuff that were in your teeth that nobody else would tell you? Come on, somebody. Your fly is down. Zip that up. How dare you judge me? Just don't let your junk out, okay? Listen, pull that thing up there. All right, we're trying to help. I'm trying to help you. And how many know we all got junk in our life that people are trying to say, man, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. But you're putting, seeing it as rejection. And God's going, no, this is correction to bring direction because this is what a true friend does. They speak to you in love because they want the best for you. Are y'all with me? Not the best for you. So we speak truth in love. And number five, last one, is we focus on reconciliation, not resolution. We focus on reconciliation, not resolution. Reconciliation means restoring the relationship. Resolution is resolving every issue. So we're focusing on re reconciliation. I want to restore the relationship. That might mean you not, not fix every issue. And sometimes we feel like we can't, we can't be reconciled until every issue gets fixed. How many know sometimes you got to agree to disagree? Like, I agree, but I also disagree. And can we agree to disagree? Can we agree to disagree and still be friends? How many know we as a nation don't even know how to do that? If you don't agree with me, then I despise you. But what if, come on, what if the church rose up and said, even if I don't agree with you, I'm still going to love you. I'm still with you. I'm still, I'm still going to fight for you. You don't have to go to my church. You don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to have the same color of skin that I have. You don't have to have any of that. Like, I'm for you. I'm with you. I want to reconcile this thing. This is what God has called us to do. Now, now I know, here's the pushback. Pastor Josh, there's, just, there's no way I can reconcile this relationship. It's way too far. Or that person doesn't want to reconcile. Like they just, they have no desire. And how many know there are some people who are stubborn, who are unmoving, who won't, they won't budge. When you can't reconcile, you need to reposition. What I mean by this is there are some people in your life that if you can't reconcile with them, then you need to reposition them into a different place in your life. They're not in your inner circle anymore. Now they are on the outskirts more. I love you, but I love you from a distance. Bye, Felicia. All right. Come on, how many know this is not this has not been a series of you can just keep letting people in your life that keep hurting you and hurting you and hurting you and don't want to make things right. Listen, you want to reconcile, speak truth and love, you want to get things right. If they're not willing to get things right, then I'm gonna see you later until you can talk to me better. And so we've got to get in this place where we know as as a people that sometimes you can't reconcile, but sometimes you have to reposition. You say, Well, is that even scriptural? Yes. You ready? Romans 12, 18. Watch this. If, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. But I love what Paul says. If possible. You know what that means? That sometimes it is not possible. It's not possible. I, Pastor Josh, I tried. Well, then you know what? You did what God called you to do. And if they're not willing to reciprocate, then if possible, which it seems like it's not, then that's all right. You've got to reposition them into another season of your life. 
But notice it says, as it depends on you. So this yet again just reminds me, I've got to take the initiative. Well, I'm just waiting until they say sorry. Well, they may never. Well, I'm just waiting until they come to me and tell me, you know, what they did. They may not. And you may just need to go to them and say, hey, listen, I know there's something here. I can feel it. Every time I walk past you, I just, it just feels like there's tension. Like what's, and I just, I love you too much and I love our friendship too much to let this just destroy us. Can we talk about this? How many know people don't have honest conversations like that anymore? And it's sad. When people have conflict, they just cut you off. It's easier. I'll just cut you off. I don't need you. But how many know there are some people that God has put in your life that you might not need them now, but you will need them later? Can we talk about Joseph? His brothers thought they didn't need him. Fast forward a number of years, and how many know they needed Joseph? And there are some people God has put in your life right now and you are cutting them off and it's a reason that God has put them in your life actually to be a resource to you to help you maybe not where you are but maybe where you're going and you need them in your life. And if at all possible, if all possible, of all possible, we need to begin to reconcile. I want to wrap up with 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and then we're done. How many know all of this is not possible without Jesus? It's just not. Pastor Bubba talked about that as well. You need the Holy Spirit to give you the power, the grace, the love, the compassion to do any of these. To look at somebody and go, you know what the problem is here? I'm not getting what I want. How many know you need Jesus to say that? This isn't just cultural principles. You need the Holy Spirit to do all of these. Take initiative, not pass the blame, speak truth in love, reconcile. And this is what 1 Timothy says. Watch this. There's only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and people. And his name is Jesus. So you want to know how you get drama out? Get Jesus in. Man, that was really good. I didn't, that wasn't even in the notes. That was good. That was... Preach. All right, so. Get drama out. Get Jesus in. Let's get Jesus into the mix. Hey, before you, before you confront, why don't you pray? Jesus, help me here. God, I need you. I, God, I need you. Lord, help me. Help me. How, to, how do I address this with my, with my spouse? How do I work with this with my friend? How do I? God, I need you. So I want you to bow your heads all across this room. And let's just have just an honest moment with the Lord. If you're here in this place and there's some conflict going on in your life, and you know God is calling you right now to bring some resolution to this, there's some things, some conversations I made it have. There's some, some honesty, some blame that I've maybe passed on that I need to take. If that's you in this place, you know what? I want you to shoot your hand up all across this room. I got, come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Come on, some conflict I got to resolve. Thank you so much. Man, hands going up all over. Thank you. You can put your hands down. And I want to pray for you first. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for every hand that's raised. God, I thank you. God, that you want to restore relationships. It is the enemy's strategy to divide, to steal, and to kill relationships. But God, you want us to have life and life more abundantly. God, you want us to have life-giving, flourishing relationships. And I pray right now for every person that is in this room that hears my voice right now, that God, in their heart, in their mind, they're thinking of that spouse. They're thinking of that friend. They're thinking of that boss or that coworker or that child and they know I need to, I need to have a conversation. I, I need to repent. 
I maybe need to speak in love and in truth. Holy Spirit, right now, would you give them boldness? Would you give them courage? Would you give them grace? God, would you give them strength? Would you give them wisdom? Wisdom beyond their years. And God, as we read, the only one who can mediate God and people is Jesus. So today we invite you in to come help us today. Now with all heads bowed, if you're here in this place, the truth is this only happens in a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you don't have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. You don't have to walk out of here wondering if you do. We can, I can help you with that today. The Bible says that for us to have a relationship with God, we must be born again. Born again is just simply, it's, it's not going to church, it's not taking communion, it's not getting baptized. Born again is literally that we surrender our lives over to Jesus. We repent of our sins. We admit that Jesus did all that we couldn't do. We believe and trust and confess that he's Lord and Savior of our life. If you're here in this place, say, I need a relationship with God like that. I want to know him. I want to surrender my life to him. On the count of three, I want you to just shoot your hand up and say, count me in, Pastor Josh. One, two, three. If that's you, that's you. Thank 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 you. Keep your hands up. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Now you put your hands down right there where you are. And as a church family, I want us just to pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I confess my need for you. I have sinned. I've lived my life my own way. But you sent Jesus to live the life I couldn't live and to die the death that I deserve to die. You took my shame, my guilt, my failures, my sins, and my past, and you've washed those clean. Today, I confess you are Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you. Thank you for giving me a place on earth, a place in heaven, a relationship with God. In Jesus' name.